Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. podcast contains strong language like what the actual fuck hi i'm ashley mcguire aka big mandy and you're listening to what the actual fuck scarecrow festival is like the most important day of the year daft cow this is just ridiculous what the actual fuck Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's a man who has some explaining to do. I bought him a lovely waffle maker and just noticed this in the village hall on a stall ready for Harvest Festival. It's Neil. Explain yourself, man. Because I'm always giving to good causes, Pav. Always. That's not and the good. size of me, I don't need any more waffles. Cost really... me a fortune, that waffle iron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got it at the tip, didn't you? I did, yes. Don't say any more. Our superfan guest this episode, you'll know as long-suffering partner of Beats in People Just Do Nothing, alongside Greg Davis in Man Down, and opposite Ricky Gervais in Derek. Please welcome to WTF, the one and only Ruth Bratt. Hello! <laughs> we were saying before we went on there, we were admiring your bat phone. Uh, so yeah. I just got to say, she has this lovely old style phone. Kids, look on Google if you want to Google what an old style phone looks like. Yeah, and it's a proper old style one as well. It doesn't have the push buttons pretending to be dial buttons. It's an actual dial. You have My to dial it. God. It's, yeah, I know. That's it's really weird really to use it again, going back. Yeah, I was like, ooh, and like that thing where you leave your finger in the in the dial <laughs> and, go, and follow it round. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, it's, I, I was trying to think the last time I saw a proper phone like that because it's just like, yeah, yeah that's well, starts off really I well. Got sick of the batteries running out on the um, on the cordless thing, and I just went, why? Why am I? Come on, let's save the planet. Let's not have something batteries. Something. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm saving the planet with an old phone. <laughs> well done. You're oh, doing oh. your bit. You're you're, right. you're you're lowering your footprint or whatever it's called. I don't. Exactly, know. exactly. Um, okay, we will talk a lot about because there's loads of stuff I want to talk to you about the stuff that you've done. But uh, this country, um, when we were messaging, you said you were a massive fan. Oh, I love it. Uh, where did you? Was it just it was on and you start, started watching it, or were there murmurs in the industry, if you like? 
Uh, I didn't hear about it through the industry. It just I saw it come on, and I remember watching it. And I said to my partner at the time, I was like, "Oh, we have to watch this." And he's actually, I think he's probably even a bigger fan than I am. Uh, he just loves it, and um, and so and we just started watching it together, and it's so funny. And it was really weird because at the time, like a lot of people were like, "Oh, is there any kind of, um, you know, like beef between?" people just do nothing in this country and you're like no it's funny as long as it's funny and good that's all I want on telly just want funny stuff so yeah I, I just love it love it I was going to say about the mockumentary style obviously you're in people do nothing that's a mockumentary style is that a style that you've always been a fan of um yeah I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, office. if it's done well, it's brilliant, mm. right? Because you can, because there's something, there is something weird, isn't there, about pretending a camera's not somewhere. Mm. I mean, that's just weird. It's, I mean, it's a conceit that we all that we all buy into. Um, but there's something about the mockumentary that allows allows more to come out. I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for more honesty. Uh, and like like complete honesty or just a court you know glance to camera mm. which is my favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> just because i'm terrible at looking down the lens anyway like when i'm doing proper acting <laughs> looking right down the lens oh sorry not left to do that yeah, but, breaking um, the fourth wall or whatever they call yeah, it yeah yeah and i think it kind of it's just a very different gives you a, a different feel i think to to um yeah, to what you're doing. And a freedom as mm. well. Mm. You know, so you know was it, you said about the humour when you first saw this country, Ruth. Was it that that drew you into this country to begin with? What? What, what honestly drew me in is how good everyone is in it. Right. I'm obsessed with good acting. Like, I just want to see good acting. Mm. Mm. That's it. So, is it, with the the mockumentary, <laughs> I'm funny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mockumentary style though, is it a different kind of acting? Because you're sort, of, you've got to act like you're not acting in a mockumentary, haven't yeah. you? I mean, well, I could get I could get into what I believe acting is. Uh, oh, no. and become, oh, like, become like a terrible. We'd love to hear your process. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it it, it is just. So there's a level on which you just have to be. You can't you can't show your acting. You know how sometimes when you're watching something and you're like, cool, there's a lot of acting going on here. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are like really emoting and you know, and there's a place for that and that's great. But um I think for me, like the natural kind of just understated what people are like, you know. Mm. I mean, but also remembering that people are weird. Mm. Like, you know, when you when you watch people in real life, they do way more extreme things. Than you're like, well, I don't think you'd get away with that if you put that on a telly. People would be like, "Well, no one would do that." Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. They out my street last week. You know, so. But I think yeah. So I think there's something much more kind of mm, naturalistic, sm- sort of smaller. So you're not. You're not showing your acting. That's that's the thing that you know, and that you know, you don't see the acting mm. in in uh, this country. Just people just being. You don't see the the acting. Although the acting, and and I think that is why the acting is 
incredible. Yeah. I mean, just mm. everyone did. So did you watch it when it first came out or did have you binged each series? I watched I watched the first series when it first came out. Um and we I I think I, uh, I think we binge watched it because it was on BBC3 so mm. I think you could binge watch. Um so I think we did it pretty quickly. And then um I think the second series or the third series I was away filming so I didn't catch it and then I caught it latterly and just you know and also I've been going back watching it while I've been in lockdown and every now and then I'm like I'll just watch this country (laughs) (laughs) you know it's that or uh, RuPaul's Drag Race (laughs) (laughs) so so have you got when it came to the third series were you quite happy with the way that everything finished and and like well they've said that there isn't going to be any more but you're quite happy with that I'm not a person who gets really um I I can love things, but I don't get so caught up in them that I'm like, that hasn't ended the way I wanted it to end. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm quite like, oh, that's the way they wanted to end it. That's great. Like, I remember when I watched Battlestar Galactica, the new <laughs> one, and everyone was going, well, wait till you get to the end. Cause it's, and we got to the end and I went, ah, it's all right, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't really know what happened, but, you know, it's all right. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Same with uh, Game of Thrones. Like, you know, I thought, not a massive fan of that but I didn't get like uh, you know wound up by it so I, I kind of feel the same with this like this is how they wanted to end it it's their show they you know I mean I think it's sad that it's ended but it's the same with people just do nothing I think you come to a point where you go we've said what we need to say mm. you know the writers feel they've said what they need to say they've done what they need to do and I think if you keep sometimes not always but it can become the law of diminishing returns you know you're either repeating stories or you're, you know, and, and I think that becomes like a personal, like, no, I think I'm done with this. And I know from, you know, stuff that I've written, there's definitely things where you're like, no, I think, I think we've done this. Mm. I, th- I don't think we need to, if we do this again, we are literally going to be doing this again rather than moving forward. And, um, you know, God, they could keep going forever. Of course they could. But, yeah. um, but, you know, if they feel like they're done, then they're done. Do you have a favourite character then, Ruth? Huh? Do you have a favourite character in this country? Yeah, Big Mandy. I love, <laughs> love Mandy. I mean, I love Ashley anyway. So Ashley and I worked together on Derek. Mm. And um, uh, and then this series with the book, like, I've always loved it, like the tattoos, you know, I only do big ones and all that. And amazing. But then this series with the book club uh, episode, uh, the... Uh, Oh my goodness, I laughed so hard. I had to tell her. I was like, we, I had to keep pausing it to give myself a little break. And because um, I think that is a, uh, now that is a brilliant character and a brilliant bit of acting. Yeah. Like, you know, she does, like, she does so much with not very, just, just that scene yeah, in Driving she, Lesson where she just, she's, she's resting in the door of the car and just looking at them. It's so yeah. ominous. I'm, I'm shit scared when I watch that because I'm not even in the room with her. I'm just watching the screen. She has that presence yeah. that, that she will cave your head in if she gets a chance, if she wants to. There doesn't exactly. have to be a reason. Also, like, you know, their, their reaction to her is so brilliant that they're just, they're, they're kind of always on the move. <laughs> like they're always, <laughs> always trying to just keep walking to yeah. just get away. Like, but they have to, because they have to be polite and they have to, like, all of that, I find brilliant mm. I think it's brilliant yeah so she's my favorite yeah I must admit because uh when 
I managed to talk to you and say to, to get you to come on the podcast. I hadn't actually watched uh, people just do nothing, so I've watched the the first two series now. So ah. I'm sort of going. I'm going through it. A friend of mine uh, runs a um, fan group. Uh, really? Yeah, and said and said, "Oh, I'm so jealous that you get to go and watch it now because I, you know, obviously he's watched it in minute detail." He said, "So, yeah. so, so, try not to spoil anything for me because I've got two more I'm seasons, two, two more series." Yeah. But I did notice on <laughs> online is that there's a film. Yeah, so we filmed it last. Oh, when did it? I guess it was October, was it October last year, and then it was meant to be coming out. I think this summer but uh, I imagine with yeah. lockdown and what have you so I think because I think they probably haven't done the edit yet because they haven't, <laughs> yeah. they haven't been able to be in a tiny little basement room together yeah um so yeah so I think it's probably delayed I don't know I haven't um I haven't heard exactly what but I, I have heard that when they want me to do ADR and that's much later when we can finally get back into recording studios and what have you so right. yeah, so it, so it is made. Yeah, it's done. It's just right. they're just waiting for the time to be able to the to time and that when we can get in and just go, oh, into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just missed like one little bit of dialogue. It's funny when you said earlier on because when Neil mentioned about whether there's any rivalry between like the two productions, it feels to me because they're both documentaries or mockumentaries, if you like, that it's like the BBC. It's the same BBC unit that has made both documentaries they're just making yeah. it about different parts of of the of the country yeah but i don't know i don't know whether they were commissioned but because the commission has changed so much yeah oh no i mean i mean like in the actual story in oh in the actual yeah, story that it, yeah that yeah, like this, they just, yeah they've got this is a documentary team that just go out and, and they just find yeah. find certain people from different parts of the country and and off they go and it's just almost like that they're paired in a way you know they're, they're sort of yeah. cut from the same cloth I think they are and I think they're both yeah oh god there's so much room for stuff especially now like I think everyone's crying out for stuff you know mm. there's so much room there's enough there's enough pie for everyone you know <laughs> not everything has to be a competition that's that's you know I've and had- I auditioned for uh this country oh really oh tell us more yeah i it was when i was up in edinburgh and i had to do a self-tape and it's really hard and (laughs) you're like i don't really know what what about what and it was i can't i can't remember what the character was but when i saw who they cast i was like oh yeah i was never gonna get that (laughs) you know like no that wasn't me it wasn't len it wasn't len was it (laughs) Uh, but i mean i was i was so thrilled i was like you know and so I was sitting in this weird, we were in a rented place in, in Edinburgh and it was huge. Like it was this massive Georgian building that had been divided into flats, you know, like they are in Edinburgh. And so our front room was just enormous. It was like, <laughs> it was palatial. <laughs> and I was sitting there doing like, you know, this country dialogue in this like palatial, <laughs> like Georgian fantasy room. I was like, I don't think this is a... I mean, this is right. So, did you have to do yeah. the accent? Yeah, I was going to say. Did you have yeah. to do the accent? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Oh. How Where did you find you... that? Um, well, I mean, I think it was all right, but it's, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, it's there, isn't it? It's that, that sort of, that. Yeah. That I can't remember who she was that it was going to be, but it's, you know, yeah. It's quite, also, because it's quite soft, because you're never getting, like, raging angry. Uh, you can... 
get away with a bit more, I think. <laughs> that's, my, that's, see, that's, you know, when people are always whispering when they're acting now, and everyone's whispering all the time. It's because if you, um, if you shout, it's really hard to keep up an accent that isn't your own. Oh, oh really? Keep up an accent when you're whispering. Yeah. There's Ooh. a big that top tip there from a top <laughs> top actor. There you go. We need to write that, that up. That, yeah, yeah, we'll make make a note of that one now. Make a note whispering. of that whispering, yeah. whispering. <laughs> do you find it hard to to find accents and to do accents, or do, do they come quite easily to you? No, they come quite easy. There's a few that I find harder than others, but they they come quite easy. Because as Carol in Mandane, you. Um, oh yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah. Well, so that was when. Um, uh, when I went in for the audition for that, I auditioned for something different. And I've known Greg for years. Like he and I have known each other for a long time, probably like 15, 20 years now. And um, and I went in and I auditioned for this part. And it was the part of uh, there's there's a woman in the bank who looks a bit like him. Um, and he ends up wearing a you know, and they have this really weird that uh, they end up looking like each other, and it's really strange. And um, um, so I went into the audition, we all had a laugh and um, the director is a director I've worked with before and I was really aware, like, because when you're going in for an audition and you hear the person in the room before you and they're having a whale of a time, it's like, oh God. So like we were laughing and you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then as I came out, Greg was like, look, and there was a massive mirror, like, in front of the thing. He was like, best one in the world, mate. Uh, we, don't, we don't look like each other, do we? And I went, no, no, we don't. And he went, but could, are you free now? Could you stay and audition for Carol? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, he said, oh, like, we'll let the next person go in to audition. And then if you, that means you've got half an hour to sit and read some sides and... And I went, okay, great. What what's she like? And he went, um, she's uh she's like a broken Alan Bennett. <laughs> and that Perfect. was it. And I went, brilliant. And I know that. Like, oh, I can do broken Alan. <laughs> um, so that's where, yeah. So that was basically him kind of going, giving such a great direction. Mm. Um but yeah, she was oh I love playing her. Well, we laughed way too much. I was gonna say we spoke to Ashley Maguire on last week's episode. Um, and we were talking, and obviously she was in Mandane as well. And we were talking oh, about how I-, I love watching bloopers and the cross-eyed Christ bloopers. Oh my God. It's one yeah. of the ones that I just, it's just how you got through that scene. I honestly don't know. Cause I'm sure we only saw half of what yeah. was going on. And the, the worst bit was, was like, so Greg had that cup of tea and cause the camera wasn't on him and he was doing the twink, like he was starting to laugh, but he had a cup of tea up. So he was getting away with it. So it looked like I was just laughing. I'm like, it's, it's totally him twinkling at me right. when I have to say, what's that Christ? Uh, you know, <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I mean, there were a few that we just couldn't get through. It was really hard, but Cross-Eyed Christ was, I think, the hardest. Mm. And also, once you start, yeah, no chance, mate. You've got no chance. Yeah. Just... Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's one of the best bloopers I think I've ever seen. That one, and yeah. uh, and you would have worked, um, you, you worked with Baldrick himself as well, Tony Robinson in that. Oh, it was so exciting! My God, <laughs> so what was that like working with him? It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, he's such a great bloke, and we were we were basically there was one day where we were just on a we were, there's a bit where we're in a car. He's driving the car, and we're in the car, and so you're just on like the back of a a truck you know it's like a 
there's like a trailer thing so you're not actually driving you're mm. being driven by yeah. so and um we were just and so most of the day was just driving around and so we'd do a take and then you'd have to go back to where you started from again it was a lot of the day of us just kind of nattering away with him sitting in the front seat <laughs> in the driver's seat not driving <laughs> um but it was really lovely he's such a nice bloke such a nice bloke and uh you know it's uh, but also like stephanie cole and Ooh. you know and mrs mccluskey yeah like, oh, yes <laughs> yes it was dreamy and so it was really funny because there was we were doing the scene i don't know I don't know I don't want to give it away because it is brilliant when it happens but we we're doing a scene in the wood that had like a big um it's got a big stunt mm. that we only had one take for uh and you know it was quite it was a massive setup there were like drones and like cameras and explosives and whatever and um and everyone came down to set to watch it <laughs> it was really exciting and um and that was the first time I met Stephanie Cole. And so we're standing in these woods around the back of Pinewood. And uh, we're just sort of standing there waiting for them to set up a monster truck and, you know, whatever. And I, so we, I just started chatting to her and ended up having this incredibly long conversation with Stephanie Cole about feminism and Tenko. And I was <laughs> <laughs> this is like my dream, you know, with like looking the worst I've ever looked. Thanks. Greg Davis like yeah. looking horrendous but just it was yeah amazing really amazing do you ever get starstruck Ruth yeah yeah all the time Dear. all the time yeah so I did <laughs> I'm terrible for it and I'm so I did uh I did uh Sarah Millican's radio show mm. quite a few years ago now and um we I've known Sarah for a while and she sent me a message because that basically I was a recurring character and then we had guest people on every week and uh, normally I didn't find out who was the guest until the day of the recording there was one week she sent me a message on the, at the beginning of the week and said I just need to prepare you Mark Heap is coming in <laughs> went, oh my god <laughs> and so I was I was going right yeah okay this is I'm gonna I'll be fine I'll be fine by the end of the week I promise I'll be I won't be hyperventilating and um I got to the place where we were recording it and I was the first one there and then he was the second person there and there was no one else and I was like come on get it together Ruth and I was just I was having a really sensible conversation with him and we were laughing and we were having a nice time and then um so we were sort of standing chatting and then Sarah walked in through the door and I turned around and I just, I just went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to be talking. It was terrible. She was like, you were doing so well. <laughs> oh, you ruined it. But yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so how, did, how did you get on with working with another famous corpse, uh, Ricky Gervais? Oh, it's really hard. <laughs> the, the, the laughter is... But he's so. But it's amazing working with him. I learned so much working with him about how uh, how to film. Right. Like you know the two camera setup at all times, and you know, and also that he will not work after four. He's like, nah, no point. Yeah. Whereas so many other things, you're like schlepping on till you know seven or eight, which doesn't seem that late. But when you've had to get up at five to mm. get to set it's you know that's quite a long day so by the and you know and the crew have been there for even longer mm. so, you know so by the end of the day it's quite 
full on and and that was quite interesting and we it was done in the same amount of time it wasn't like it took longer um but yeah i mean and again like i knew a lot of the people who were on it because i've known kerry for a long time and david um and brett so you know a lot of the time was just giggling i mean it was really weird though for my because it was they filmed it in august and i do edinburgh um most year obviously not this year uh mm-hmm. but most years uh and so i had to fly down uh to for a week to do a week filming and then fly back up and because of the time because of the timing there's there is one bit you can see where i was in a group shot and then when they do the wide i'm not there all right <laughs> Bike going to Heathrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was. Yeah, I mean, fascinating. You know, all of it. And then, yeah, you 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 do just kind of you have to get over the starstruckness pretty quickly, or pretend you're not. So mm. I did a thing last though last Christmas. I did the David Williams um, Christmas show for Sky, and um, you know, David Williams. That's pretty big. And then we did again. We didn't know who we were working with, and. Um, I was on The Ugly Sisters with uh, my mate Camille, who was the other ugly sister, and we went into the room for the for the first read through, and I'm here, she's there, and then in between us is our mother, who's Celia Imry, <laughs> and we're <laughs> sitting like this. Oh God! We're really trying to be so cool, trying to be so cool, and then <laughs> just yeah, and she's amazing, you know, and so but all of it is like a. You, I kind of take all of it as like a masterclass in how to act and mm. how to be on set and how to, you know, all these people are amazing. Mm. I mean, Tom Courtney was it? Tom Courtney. Mm. So how mm. how do you deal when you have fans come up to you and like are in awe of you? I can, I can never understand why anyone would be. And uh, they actually actually said exactly the same thing. So they <laughs> don't understand. And I find that hard to believe. Oh, I just I was like I'm just mucking about (laughs) for some reason like i get paid to do it but i i I do find it quite hard because although you know i'm quite open and i'm quite reserved i am quite you know kind of Mm. but mostly because i'm just like oh i'm going to be so disappointing to you because i'm not i'm not roche and i'm not carol and i'm not you know any of these people I'm, i'm just me and and when you're not or certainly when I'm not on you know I'm a bit quieter and a bit so I'm always worried I'm I'm always worried I'm going to be a very boring disappointment um and I also I can't quite can't quite work out why (laughs) why anyone would be at all starstruck uh but it's I mean it's always lovely and it's always nice to meet people and you know but you know I'm always just aware that I'm probably a massive disappointment. <laughs> well, then I'm, I'm sure Celia Imry is probably thinking exactly the same thing when you're oh, yeah. there hyperventilating in front of yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, we told because we told her we were like Celia, we couldn't quite cope, and she was like, "Oh, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be silly." You know, and we're like, uh, you know, so yeah, she doesn't get it either. No, no one. I mean, uh, I mean, anyone who gets it is probably a bit of. Oh, we love it when the fans come to us. We love it. I mean, we just soak yeah. up their adjuration. <laughs> they're banging on the door as we speak. I can know what can yeah, I do yeah. about it. Not, not, not you can do. I mean, it's really like it's lovely to know that people love what you do. It's lovely to know that people appreciate what you do. Um, 
you know that's always nice but but it's just you know there, there is always a little awkwardness mm. about it mm. well because you know yeah i mean especially when you do something like this country where you're in someone's living room being something that looks like it could be you and so they know you mm. or they know they they feel they know you but you as, as a performer are a total disadvantage because you've never seen this person you you mm. you have nothing yeah so it's like a, it's a very uneven thing where people feel like they know a person you know and especially now with like social media and stuff i've been watching uh daisy's uh tiktoks you know where they're doing all their hilarious dancing which is the only reason i know i joined tiktok to watch them and then went oh i'm too old for tiktok and i just think you know when people see that like because you feel like you know her mm. through that mm. and that's a brilliant thing but it's also kind of have you have you seen daisy on instagram with the sea captain Yes, what is that? Because I, because so basically, I took a little break from the social media. Right, which is a good uh, idea at the moment. Oh, it's all a bit. And uh, well, and I, I went back on yesterday to check something and went, "What's the sea captain?" Well, it's a, I think it's a scammer. So, uh, a scammer. Somebody sent a message to Daisy saying, "I like your picture." Uh, would you like to be friends and stuff like that? So Daisy has grabbed this bull by the horns and has tried to start this love affair with this guy. And apparently he packed her in today, as we record. He said, I don't want you to, 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 to message me anymore. Please, please leave me alone. Oh, I hope he does keep messaging him. But apparently he asked for a thousand pounds, apparently. So it's like straight out of the Cynthia episode. It was like Len giving three thousand pounds to Cynthia on the yeah. internet. Yeah, it was really, really weird by the looks of it. This, uh, yeah. So Daisy, Daisy just sent a, a, a picture on uh, um, Instagram of her crying her eyes out and um, saying that uh, you know I've been dumped. I've been dumped and then it's over and I don't know what to do. But she is good value on social media. I have to admit, she is so much. Yeah, so the the dances that she does is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, they're really brilliant. I love the casualty one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been how have you been coping um during lockdown? Well, it's been a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird. Uh so I I think I had it. Oh really? Um, yeah, really early on. So the week before lockdown, uh I was already locked down. Right. Uh and and then I didn't leave the house for another well, three weeks, something like that. Um, just because I, I couldn't really. I was uh, so I had really bad breathing problems, um, and uh, like you know, went to the went to the letterbox to send my dad a birthday card and what normally takes three minutes took me 17 and a half oh no <laughs> wow oh this is bad um uh so when I eventually emerged from uh from my weird cocoon the world was like weird because mm. everything was shut so I'd missed all the slow shutting down of things because I was already at home um so that was really yeah, really odd. And then, um, yeah, I think I'm done with it now. I think I'd like to go and do some things. I'd like, I'd like some work now. Mm. That's what I'd like. Mm. Is that? I, I think. Yeah, that's been really weird. Right. Like, no, 
no work. Is there actually like a, a, a government deadline or something when your sort of work will start again or is it just when people decide um, that they want to do it? Well, I think that, so, people are allowed to film now. They are starting the filming stuff back up, but with, as far as I understand, quite strict um, distancing rules, Um, um, which I think, you know, you can can fudge stuff with camera angles and what have you. Um, So I believe there is some stuff going on, um, and they have opened up, like, a couple, so they have opened up some voiceover places now um that you can go to but in terms of live work mm. i mean you know i i have no idea because it's not just I, it's not just the people on stage it's social distancing for people well so the, the social thing for the people in the audience like they're going oh we can do that because there's you know you can put every other seat or and i mean i looked at one of the things i was like oh my god there's the death of comedy (laughs) (laughs) so separate and that's the kind of thing that normally when you walk out onto a stage and you see that you go okay strap in lads (laughs) you know it's gonna be a bit tougher yeah yeah Um, but i think that the the thing that is weirdest is like you know where they're like so you could open it and you're like yeah but have you ever been backstage in a comedy club or a theater like yeah, yeah social distancing back there like there's there's no space there's no. no i've never been two meters away from anyone backstage in a you it's like i think a physical impossibility so i'd be surprised i mean we are chatting now with um some so i do a thing called showstopper which is an improvised musical um and so there is a whole thing about can even if even if you're allowed to be within two meters of one another, singing of course creates much bigger. Uh, mm. You know, you're using a lot more lung, so you're spreading a lot more. So they are saying that you probably shouldn't be within twelve meters of something. Oh my god! <laughs> singing, which I was like, Ooh, yeah. Uh, so that's why a lot of things are going to be really difficult because you're like, how can you be? that far away from so i don't know but we are chatting about there's some things in the part i mean the reason we haven't done a lot of that stuff online is because of um the problems with lag yeah um because you can't if if i'm in a different room from the person playing the keys yeah i've got no chance Mm. i mean you can you can really easily test it if you all try and sing happy birthday to someone (laughs) then you see where the problems (laughs) yeah But um, you could do the you, know, sh- you could do the shows at Wembley Stadium. I mean, that's yeah, big right. enough. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But then, I mean, I'm up for it. Okay. <laughs> 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 it'd be interesting to see like how how things go. You yeah. Know? I mean, especially things like this country and and um, people just do nothing. When I think about where those are filmed and how those are filmed, I mean. It would be almost impossible. Yeah. Because they're all filmed on location. In, so you couldn't do any, I mean, you can't do any location filming in someone else's house. No. Like, there's no way you'd be allowed to do that. No. Um, you know, you, and in most of those buildings, you can't get two meters away from someone, you know, and, and on a, on a, on a sort of set, there's, you know, there's so many people. There's like 50 people mm. most days. Yeah. In the, vicinity you know so that will be interesting to see Mm. how how it will work yeah 
Very interesting. I was going to ask Ruth, what made you go into the industry then? What made me go into the industry? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to be a human rights lawyer because oh. I was really right on. And um, and I was at, uh, I went to university and I did a semester in, um, in America. And um, while I was there, like, so I, I'd never really done much acting until I got into sixth form. And then I did, you know, did the school play. <laughs> and, um, uh, and that was the first time I'd ever really shown any real interest, apart from, you know, doing dances to fame in my front room. <laughs> who hasn't? Who hasn't done who hasn't? that? <laughs> who hasn't? And if you haven't, do it. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's glorious. But you've got to do it with a turntable uh, so uh, that every time you do a leap, it jumps. And then you have to... <laughs> Uh, another, another tip, Neil. Another tip we got to write down yeah. there. Another yeah, acting yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've already got my leg warmers on, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was so I was in the states, and um, I was doing some. Uh, I was doing some, you know, extracurricular acting stuff, and one of the guys who I'd been doing um, a show with was on a directing course, and he was doing. He was directing. Um, Oh, some Noel Coward play. And he said, oh, you're English. Brilliant. I've got a ringer. Can you come and play one of the parts? Because you've got the best accent because you are actually English. And I went, oh, yeah, OK. Um, so I went and did his piece, did his exam piece, basically. And um, his, his tutor, uh, you know, did the feedback stuff. And then, went, now, who are you? And I went, oh, um, uh, my name's Ruth. I'm an exchange student. <laughs> and he was like, and why aren't you in my classes? And I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to. I have to do African-American narrative and the history of American women. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, all my right on courses. Mm. And, uh, and he said, um, and then he was like, right, right. But you're going to do this, right? And I was like, oh. Uh, and it was the first time, like people had said, you know, you could do, but no one had ever said you're going to do this, aren't you? This could be a thing you do. And I was like, oh, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm going to do this, yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of the catalyst for it. And then I was a very serious actor for five years and uh, never got a job. I only got one job. Uh, I played Juliet in a in a fringe production of Romeo and Juliet. It was very good, and, um, <laughs> uh, and I used to do murder mysteries. And my mate doing murder mysteries was like, "You have to, you have to come and do this stand up course I'm doing. It's so much fun. This is this is the, you know, this is the way." And um, and so I did, I did, and uh, never looked back. And it was basically I started doing it when stand-up was kind of it, it was just the start of that bubble that yeah. comedy bubble and I was very fortunate to start at that point and you know and I got a lot of opportunity from that uh and so doing and I always wanted to do comedy that was always that's what my natural rhythm is mm. rather than you know because I think some people everyone has a different natural rhythm right and mine is definitely not very serious <laughs> uh and so i find like doing really serious stuff like yeah yeah all right but um my joy comes from the twinkle you know the the twinkle in the eye where you see that you've got someone with something you've said or done or 
uh, or someone gets you, you know, and they twinkle because they've they know they've caught you. Yeah. Um, and that sort of stuff really speaks to me. But yeah, so I was just very kind of fortunate to be to be just there at that at that point. But that was yeah. when I, and so everything has come from from that really. But that was, yeah, I mean, it was basically people going, do this, and me going, I'll be all right, then I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do that, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, you know, same with Showstopper, like, people are like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I'd been doing impro for a while, and then, and the reason I started doing impro was because I was up there, and a mate said, do you want to come and, uh, do you want to come and do my impro show tonight? And I went, yeah, go on then. I'd never done it, I didn't know, and, uh, and went on, and went, oh, this is amazing, <laughs> you know, and then Showstopper was a, a mate who was like, please come and do this, please come and do this, I was like, oh, I'm really busy, I'm not. and then he called me when I was on holiday, and I picked up the phone, and I'd never normally pick up the phone, and then I picked it up, and I was like, oh god, this is costing me a fortune, because it was before it was Reeves, and uh, <laughs> so I just said yes to it to get him off the phone, <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that's basically how all of my career <laughs> Well, to be to be fair, that, that's how we got you on the podcast. I said, "Come and do right. our podcast." You're like, "Yeah, I'll come oh, and do your podcast." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Before we carry on, we're going to have a little game of Kerry or Curtain. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, and you need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain that said it. Oh crikey! Oh, are you ready? Here's number one. You got five of these. Number mm-hmm. one: Are you wearing John Paul Gaultier, Vicar? Is that Kerry or Curtain? Kerry. That was Curtain in the heart. I'm going to be so bad at this. Just after he, the, the vicar had said that he was leaving. Uh, oh. Question number two. You can have your little parish in Bristol, whatever, but you stay in the village here to live. Oh, that's Kerry, right? No, that was Curtain as well. That was Curtain as well. <laughs> in the I'm, literally, I'm literally hearing it in my head and going, oh, I remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's zero for two so far. Number three. I'm so bad. Number three. I'm so bad. Okay. He just shrugged like that. Such a shame. I'm going to say Kerry, because one of them's got to be. That is Kerry. That was the very yeah. first episode. Literally one of the very first lines of the show. That was when they were talking about Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Number four. He's called Nugget because his second name is Nuggins. Is that Kerry or Curtin? Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I've got to pull you up on that because you said both names there. Curry. <laughs> You're not having that. Is it Kerry or Curtin? Kerry, Kerry. It is Kerry. That Yay! All right. Curtin so... was going on about somebody lobbed a finger off and somebody ate. That's right. Yeah, so that's right. It's so two out of four so far. You're four. Oh, so this is the, yeah, this go is on. The this one. is the, the decider. It is. Uh, you know, I don't like mini milks. Oh, I remember this because mini milks are the only ice cream I do like. Okay. But I can't remember who said it. I reckon it's Kerry. It that sounds like it's Kerry. It is Kerry. Well done. The GMV Kirkwood. You really saw it. That was wonderful. Bad start, but three Bad out start. of five. Three I out of five. I love you. you. Very did. respectable. Very respectable. Yeah. I'm terrible. By the way, I am terrible at remembering things from. So for ages, I was really confused with the new Star Wars films because. I'd sort of I'd watched them because you know you feel like you should and I remember I was chatting to my ex about it and I was going because you know when we went and saw that one and he went that's that's not 
that's not the Star Wars film you're thinking of. And I went, well, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> 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 and I went, well, what do you mean it's not? And he went, that's not, that's a different film. And what has happened is in my head, I've mushed all of the new Star Wars and all of like the Rogue Ones and oh, okay. all, all of them into one film. Right. And that is why I'm so utterly confused about the story. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> that is totally understandable. I think unless you're like, like, I mean, we're big Star Wars fans and, and we sort of, we get all of that. It's when you try and explain to somebody, when you say, well, it's episode four, but it was the first one they made. And straight away then people look at you with this blank step. What, what do you mean? Like episode yeah. one was made, the fourth one made. No, that doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't like those ones. Yeah. Because like they didn't have Han Solo in them. That's true. Still. That's true. Who was my first ever crush? Right. Really? One quick question I got for you then, Ruth. Um, yeah. I, I fear the time is running out. So with um, we've spoken to other people about this country, and a lot of them have said it resonates from their youth. Does it have any resonation to your youth at all? Yeah. So even though, so I grew up in. Um, mostly in sort of southeast London um so there's a lot that you're like is that could that even be the same and I'm gonna say yes yes it is that there was nothing to do in suburban southeast London when I was growing up so uh I remember so they'd got rid of the they got rid of the cinema they got rid of the cinema and they turned it into a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> that was all we had. Um, but you couldn't, because we didn't have any money, so we couldn't go into McDonald's. So what we used to do was hang out outside McDonald's. That was, <laughs> that was what you did. You hung out outside McDonald's. Or uh, if you lacked McDonald's uh, for some reason, you'd go and hang out, hang out outside the Civic outside the civic center again outside no not inside <laughs> not inside and then uh your last ditch was hanging out outside uh, the walnuts leisure center um so there was a lot of kind of hanging out with nothing much to do um and and i remember so when i was sort of a teenager by the time like a few of us you know by the time we'd learned to drive and like a couple of people had cars and then we'd just go for drives and you like what where i mean out into kent and you just <laughs> sort of driving around kent because <laughs> what else is there to do there's nothing else to do mm. we're gonna go and drive around kent and i remember one uh one particularly bored night we we drove to heaver castle which is which is very it's weirdly close to where <clears throat> you know it's all very weirdly close to london yeah. but it's suddenly country and um, we drove to Heber Castle, and it was, I think it must have been about midnight. And uh, we went, let's, let's break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we climbed over the wall, uh, and then we're just in the grounds of Heber Castle, and then went, whoosh. <laughs> 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 and then climbed back out again and drove home, you know. Or we'd do things like drive out to a little village, and then sit, there was, like, sit on a roundabout that had a bench on it, or... Do you know what I mean? There was a lot of that kind of yeah bored hanging about, and um, I mean it was a, it was a bit different because we could always go into town. Mm. You know? So on a day when you were really bored, we'd go let's go into London, and you know you'd go to Camden and hang around in Camden again. Outside, <laughs> <laughs> just walk around the market, <laughs> maybe buy yourself like some kind of scarf or something. <laughs> You know, if you were really 
feeling flush but it was kind of yeah that that sort of hanging about with nothing to do really definitely resonates I think it's a different hanging about with nothing to do in in um but but you know that kind of inactivity I think everyone's had that at some point yeah Yeah, absolutely and you know I mean definitely definitely you know and when we were at university we were also skin there was a lot of kind of hanging about sort of sitting somewhere going what you know what do you do what do you do if you're you know just sitting about (laughs) talking shit because you can't do anything you know yeah and just dreaming of bright lights somewhere else that you know unattainable somewhere that yeah yeah you know like oh like you know and so i have a big thing about uh so i'm selling my flat now like i was saying before and but the idea of and cannot afford anything in London, obviously, even though I'm in London, but you know, it's just crazy. But the idea of moving into the suburbs just <laughs> makes me, because I remember, I remember the, the inactivity and the, and the kind of the weird tedium. And, the, and I'm sure it wouldn't be like that now, but that's my, that's my memory of it. And, Ooh. you know, just a lot. I mean, me and my, me and my mate, for years used to so when we were little kids one of the things we'd do was we, we each had we had we had roller skates and everyone else had roller boots do you remember mm, roller yeah. boots. but both of our parents were like no no they're too expensive that's ridiculous you're gonna get these and you're gonna grow out of them so we got those ones that were extendable do you remember oh, yeah <laughs> yeah like little ones and you strap them onto your shoes, <laughs> shoes. they had like a little <laughs> wing nut at the bottom so you could make them bigger and smaller yeah. yeah uh and we used to go we used to just roller skate around the block just around and around yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i remember once doing it and being stuck in a hailstorm and being like Oh well, and just <laughs> going on because you're like, what else are you gonna do? You know, or we'd have Ribena drinking competitions, or because there's nothing. Like, what else? What else it's, are you gonna do? It's, I think it's exactly what this country and people that do nothing have tapped into. It's that thing of of. I mean, I always it goes back to what Curtin said when Jacob said that he comes from Bristol, and Curtin says, "Well, what's the real world like?" You know, it's like they're in their little bubble and to be able to go to Gloucester services is an amazing thing for them all. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just their level of what they have as something that they can obtain and some is just out of their reach. Yeah. 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 And I, and I wonder whether that ever goes away. I don't you think know, it that, does. That, I don't there's think something, there's always something more, isn't mm, there? There's yeah. something more you could be. There's always, you know, something else. And once you've got the thing that you think you're, aiming for then it's like oh well now there's this thing i'm gonna go and do this thing now yeah i also think i was gonna say maybe the older that you get the older you get the tedium of the suburbs is something that you long for when you're when you're younger you want the excitement when you're older you just want to have a nice quiet street to live in that there's no fuss you know you don't have any problems and you just you know potter around all day although my parents were like we're not we're not retiring here (laughs) 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 my dad said he didn't want to be like a a sad man walking down the high street with his two shopping bags (laughs) (laughs) that's the country you know that's that's what they did they went right we're gonna so they've kind of gone for that you know, glorious bucolic, you know. Mm. 
but that yeah that when you're but also I think when you're that there's something about both both um this life uh sorry this country and people just do nothing not this life (laughs) um uh this country and people just do nothing the kind of also the kind of the the economic uh tedium that that when you have like no money you know that there's there's no escape from that kind of uh that doing nothing Mm. you because how do you get out of that how do you you know um how do you lift yourself up out of that that place when you have no you know no way of lifting yourself out of it and i've really noticed it with lockdown that when there's been a lot of talk about you know don't go out don't go out to parks and don't go out and you're like but if you're living in a massive tower block and you've got four kids and you're in a you're you're in a flat with four kids and you're up in the sky what are you supposed to do exactly how are you and so a lot i feel like a lot of the kind of the advice and a lot of the things that people say about, oh, you know, just move yourself on, or if you don't like where you are, move somewhere else. Or it really misunderstands how, and, and it's not even trapped, how, how static some people have to be mm. and, and how you are, you are kind of in that because there isn't any real choice. You know, all the choices that you're being asked to make are actually false choices that you don't have. Mm. You know, mm. so, or, or or you can be a, be just have simple pleasures like Kerry, and and you're quite happy to stay in the village yeah. because there's a shop, there's a pub. What more do you need? You don't right. need any more. Yeah, you don't need anything else. You just this is this is your life. This is perfectly great, and this is where you want to be. Yeah, and, and that's not you know that's not a bad thing either. Like that that's great, but also you know that. That you're somehow expected to want more than that, mm. or you're expected to need more than that, mm. and that you know the other thing that I think we're really expected to have at the moment is happiness. Like you have to be happy. Well, well why? Yeah. Why do you have to be happy? Like yeah. that's that's a real weird thing to assume that you could be happy twenty four <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week at all times. Like, may, maybe your state of being is just a little bit unhappy yeah. at the moment. And then in a week you might not be a little bit unhappy. You know, and it's like a weird we're sort of fed all these things that you have you have to you have to aim for something. And well maybe I'm all right with my inactivity and my yeah. And I think you know, twenty four hours of being happy would just be so exhausting as well. Oh it would be terribly it'd be, exhausting. It'd be shocking. Oh <laughs> terrible i'd have to i'd have to watch schindler's list or something like that just to bring me down a little bit just to (laughs) well you know there's that thing where you go sometimes you just need to go cry yeah that's right well but you know so i I sort of wonder whether a lot of what we're sold and told and maybe that's why things like this country are so kind of compelling is because you go you you can be all right Mm. in that environment Mm. you can also not be all right in that environment yeah you know and you can thrive in your own way without, you know, and this is not to say that people shouldn't aim for what they want to aim for, but it's also that you shouldn't feel like you have to aim no, for something. No, that's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I love the kind of inactivity of it and the, and the 
because all of our lives are minutiae. Mm. Right? We never see our own big picture. But when you sit and watch the minutiae of someone's day, way more interesting than, you know, I don't watch a lot of big thrillers and stuff or because I'm like, oh, they're all the same, really, aren't they? But watching the minutiae of someone's day is always going to be different because everyone does their, their minimal things differently. I can't remember which, there's, there's some, I don't know whether it's uh, Stanislavski or one of, one of those ones. Maybe it's Brett. Uh, was saying the most interesting thing to watch is someone doing their shoelaces up. See, that's the difference between me and you. You went for that. I thought to myself, that's why Big Brother lasted so long. (laughs) 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 That's why you are an accomplished actress and that's why I'm sat in a shed. That's exactly Uh, the reason. But but it's true. So when people go, oh, have you watched this? Have you watched that? Most stuff I haven't watched. But if you say, have you watched this reality TV show? I'm like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I love it. I love watching the kind of, not 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 Big Brother now so much. No. I think it's a bit, you know, mm. and I, I've never really got into Love Island. But things like uh, Bake Off and um, MasterChef, like all of the MasterChefs, like the, the MasterChef, the professionals one, and, you know, things like that where people are kind of, uh, creating a thing or, or or doing something and you watch them doing it and there's so much there's so much detail and drama in how someone bakes a cake or how someone sews a coat or you do you know what I mean yeah like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely uh, and and watching like professionals doing you know and watching them making something you know uh, like some amazing meal that I would be like, woo, look at my amazing meal. And they're like, oh, it's not good enough. <laughs> like, oh, why is that not? You know, that sort of stuff I really, I really enjoy. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that's probably why I like this country as well, because it's got that minutiae and the, and the just, you know, what, what are, what are people like? Mm. And that's yeah. way more interesting than, you know, this thing blew up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, a place for that now. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Yes, thank um, you. I feel like I talked about me, not about this country. That's, I love that's, this country. That's what we way. want. That's what we want. We want the fans, because you're a super fan, you see, so we want to find out about yourself and stuff. So. Um, but thank you very much. Um, good luck with everything uh, after the lockdown, when it all goes back to normal. Fingers crossed. And you can <laughs> sing to your heart's content. Um, we look forward to the film as well. And we look forward to the film. Yes, I'll keep people posted as soon as I know. Yes, absolutely. So thank you very much, Um, Neil. Do you want to do your little bits and pieces? Yes, absolutely. Uh, So do find us on all the social media platforms under WTAFTC Pod, um, which is now the new name for it all. You can email us at wtfthiscountry@hotmail.com. Or you can go to our website for everything you need to know on there at wtafpodcast.com. Thank you. And if you want to buy us a coffee, there you go. It's the new thing. Uh, it's ko-fi.com forward slash wtaftcpod. Uh, come and buy us a coffee. It just helps us out. Um, or go to patreon.com forward slash wtaf as well. So once again, thank you, Ruth. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Thank it's you, been such a joy. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very much, pal. Thank you very much, everybody else, and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. 
Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.